0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another fun-filled episode of A and B Sports Media the podcast. My name's AJ. And I am Bill. And we got we got a a, a, fun we got a lot. One. Um, stayed towards the end for a lot of football stuff and yes. a lot of waiver wire stuff as well. Yes.
1: So we're gonna get through our today in sports history, quick updates on F one and Union, and then we got a lot of UFC to cover real quick. So first and foremost, as I just said, today in sports history, we're gonna go all the week all the way back. Two eighteen eighty five 1885, because I love going this far back. The highest football score ever recorded in any first-class soccer match. Aberoff, 36-0. Oh, uh, bon Accord in Scotland. Jesus Christ, they went full brave heart on that. Holy shit. Um, and then we are going go to go right to 1895, because Annie Kopchowski arrives in Chicago to compete first round the world trip Buy a woman on bicycle in 15 months and collects her 10 grand prize. That's pretty lit. Can't lie. Um, Hang on. I will call you back. Um, And then we're going to go right over to 1914. We're going to go all old ones this time. Actually, no, I lied. We're going to change it real quick. 1924, International Lawn Tennis Challenge, Philadelphia PA. Bill Johnson and Bill Tilden clinched the U.S. fifth straight title, beating Australians Pat O'Hara Wood and Gerald Patterson. 5-7, 6-3, 6-4, 6-1, 3-0 lead. Ends in 5-0. Goddamn. Yeah, I only picked that one at the last second because I saw Philadelphia. Go Philly. Yep. All right, going on, just a note for Formula 1, it's back in action this weekend. That is the Singapore Grand Prix, Sunday, September 17th at 8 o'clock in the morning. You can watch it on ESPN, go nuts. Um, Unfortunately, since we record on a Tuesday, I really can't talk about how what's going on. So assume Max is going to win. Sergio Perez is either going to get second or something else because he's usually in dead last during the uh, qualifying and then races back. And then Fernando Alonso is either P2 or P3. And then maybe Lando Norris shows up somewhere. Otherwise, Lance Stroll, you're in dead last. I don't like you. Moving on. We got the Union playing on Saturday on the 16th. They took off the um, last week on a bye week. They will be playing against Cincinnati, the top seed in the Eastern Conference. Woo. Philadelphia is still standing at fourth in the Eastern Conference with uh, 46 points in total. They're right under Orlando City with 47 and right above Columbus with 45. This is a big match to go to. If only other people wanted to go with me, I would have had tickets to go with, and that is not a jab to you. it's a jab to everyone. Nobody nobody loves me.
0: No, we don't. I I know. We just tolerate
1: you. I know. Anyway, we'll see how it goes. I'm going to predict a 3-1 game for Philadelphia. And we're now going to get into the big things. I'm going to go out of order. I'm going to do the card that's coming up this weekend, and then I'm going to go back to the card that happened last weekend because that's bigger. Um, We have actually a UFC fight night, um, Alexa Grasso versus Valentina Shemchenko 2. This is actually a title fight. Um, This will be taking place in the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, on Saturday, September 16th at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Now, most of these fighters are... Um, what's it called up and coming fighters or anything like that. But again, for free, you can actually watch a title fight. I'm only going to focus on the top three of the main card for this uh, little bit. I don't really have to worry about anyone else at this time. Um, first and foremost, in the welts Bantamweight division. I'm sorry. I went too far down Bantamweight bout. You have Raul Rosas Jr. Versus Terrence Mitchell. Raul Rosas is the current youngest fighter in the UFC. He is currently on a one-in-one streak, not even a streak, one-in-one record right now inside the UFC. Um, he won his first fight, lost his second fight, and he'll be fighting Terrence Mitchell at fifth. Uh, who is at Fifteen and three, and also coming off a loss. Raul has a lot to learn from that previous fight. He couldn't just trust his ground game. He couldn't just trust everything that he did. He needs to develop more. Hopefully, between that previous fight and now again, who he's fighting, Terrence Mitchell, he has learned a lot and will develop and overcome and get a victory. I would say, if anything, he would win by decision. If not, submission because of his great ground game. Moving on from that, we have an absolute hell of a fight coming up in the welterweight division. You have Kevin Holland versus Jack Della Maddalena.
0: Both minus Uh, odds.
1: Both minus odds because they're both fantastic strikers. They're both ground people. That is is overall a hell of a fight. You have Kevin Holland, who is ranked... 13th in the welterweight and jack in the 14th so it is going to be close as it is kevin holland is currently coming off a win he's currently 25 and 9 jack della is 14 and 2 um i'm giving this one to kevin straight up kevin is a hell of a striker he does have some great ground game if needed jack della is not somebody i wouldn't say i wouldn't disagree with if he won either also a hell of a striker also great offensive fighter whatsoever I'm still going to go with Kevin with his a little bit extra range that he has. He has an 81 reach compared to Jack's 73. I would take Kevin Holland by knockout. Last but not least, we have the women's flyweight title bout. We have Alexa Grasso versus Valentina Shevchenko, too. Um, Shockingly enough, the champion has the underdog odds at plus 130. There we go. Granddad Jellin in the background. I love it. Um... Alexa Grasso is 16-3, while Valentina is 23-4. This is an immediate rematch from the previous fight where Valentina did look like she was winning the majority of the fight and then did one kick, then she spun, and uh, Alexa took that moment, mounted her from the back, and choked her ass out.
0: They're pretty much the same fighter. They both are. 5 are both yep. the exact same way that... 124 yep.
1: Reach is about the same. Leg reach is about the same. That's crazy. It's This is going to be a test on who improved more since the last fight. Alexa was practicing certain moves in certain situations that gave her that submission win over Valentina. Valentina overall, though, looked like the better striker that day or fighter that day. Yeah. But doesn't mean Alexa did not stop training at this point. She is definitely keeping it up. I have a feeling Alexa may come back and win again. But Valentina is just as strong. Honestly, it's a dead heat for me on this one. But for the odds, I would take Alexa at the plus 130.
0: Agreed.
1: Okay, so now we're going to go over last weekend. And holy shit, what a card from down under. This was UFC 293, Israel Adesanya versus Sean Strickland. This was on Saturday, September 9th at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time at the Kudos Bank Arena in Sydney, Olympic Park, Australia. I'm not going to go through everything, but just a note, a lot of Aussies did win their fights, but not everyone did, which is a shame. Um, First and foremost, just going from the early prelims real fast and real quick, Jamie Malarkey won a very controversial, unanimous decision against John McDessie. I think that was incorrect. I think, if anything, a split decision. If not, John could have took it because he um, got—John knocked down Jamie Malarkey, I think, in the second round and really kept up the pressure. That one is up in the air. Not sure how I feel about it. It is what it is. Um, Secondly, up in the featherweight division, Jack Jenkins versus Chepe Marsacal. Unfortunately, with Jack Jenkins, he got taken down and his elbow popped out. So, instant KO in the second round at three minutes and 19 seconds. Now at the last, the main prelim, this was the one I wanted to, I was focused on Carlos Olberg versus Da Won Jung. This was supposed to be Uh, another quick turnaround for Carlos, but this turned into three rounds of fucking war. Um, Da Woon Woon Jung, God help him. He is a fucking brick. Everything that he got hit by, he just took. He didn't get knocked out, and Carlos had to go three rounds, which he never did, and you could see the uh, exhaustion wear on him. But we also got to finally see him survive three rounds, get some ground game, and even get a submission at the last minute. I do mean that. Literally, at four minutes and 49 seconds so there's literally 11 seconds left on the clock he gets the tap the thing is with that though the act what in reality happened live the clock ran out and then they did a second review and found out the dude tapped the way the camera angle was and the ref was looking at him he couldn't see him actually tap Hmm. so he passed out so that's early prelims congrats to carl solberg for winning Uh, He called out Dominic Reyes, uh, which is a ranked light heavyweight fighter. Kind of a layup for him, I think. Uh, Reyes has been on the decline. uh, But I think it will be a good challenge for him to at least get into the top 10 of the light heavyweight division. Okay, so now we have the main card. This card, in general, was fan-fucking-tastic. First and foremost, Tyson Pedro versus Anton Turcolich, a.k.a. The Pleasure Man. That is not. That is literally his nickname, and Tyson's like, I don't know how to Why? make fun of him. I, Why? Swedish people. I don't oh. know. That He's from Sweden. Dad liked it and called him the pleasure man. God damn I don't sweet. know. I don't know. Anyway, first round, Tyson beat the shit out of him and knocked him out. Oh, my God. Literally, instantly, couple strikes, um, one twos were clean and knocked his ass out on the ground. He had no idea what was going on. And then he pulled off the sickest. Most badass emote on somebody after he knocked him out. He stood up straight, pulled out a katana, fake, and then sliced him down, cleaned the blade, and put it down, Bout and
0: walked off. That's such it a, it's, was it's so amazing. Badass. It's so badass.
1: All right, moving on to the second heavyweight bout of this uh, card. We had Justin Taffa versus Austin Lane. Uh, this was the one that was remade after Austin Lane pulled an eye poke on Justin Taffa the first fight. Funny enough, 30 seconds into the second fight, there was another potential eye poke oh, against Jesus. Justin Taffa because Austin Lane reached out his hand too far. So, Justin was pissed. He, he basically stalked him down, found a moment, went overhand right, dropped his ass and what he learned from last time, not the previous fight with Austin Lane, in order to get the 50K bonus, it is to continue to fuck this person up to make sure you get the money instead of the walk off KO. So he then grounds and pounds and beats the shit out of him at one minute and twenty-two seconds of the first round. He does get the 50k bonus, and Justin Toffa is now. I think he is uh what is it, a nine and one or nine and three? Nine and three. I'm gonna go with nine and three. Nope, seven and three. I'm sorry. Um, he's still gonna fight unranked opponents. He has a long way to go before he goes in even to the top fifteen. But we love Justin Tafa. We love, um, yeah, Justin Tafa and his brother. Anyway, we're gonna move on into the flyweights. This was wild. This one, Men Menel Cape or Manuel Yeah Menel Cape versus Felipe Dos Santos. This guy, Felipe Dos Santos, came in at the last minute to fight the rank 10 flyweight of the world. This dude is unranked. He's unchallenged, like, untested. We just saw what happened. And for fucking three rounds, it was magnificent. Hmm. This kid showed heart, showed determination, and showed that he should be in the top 15. He won. He did lose via decision, yes. But he w- put it to him, stunned him. Fought back. Even though he got knocked down, he got up because he also just didn't stop. He knew he had to make a show out of this. Okay. He has been well-received by everyone. Even uh, Manel is just like, all right, I get it. This dude is worth the time. Yeah. Felipe also trains with Charles Oliveira, the current uh, ranked one. I think he's ranked one of the lightweight division and currently going to fight for the belt soon. So he knows what he's doing. Now, Manel was really pissed off that he won. Not that he won. Um, but he was pissed off he couldn't fight in the number five flyweight in the world, Kai Kara France, uh, who he cursed out during the media day, cursed out Izzy, his teammate, and then continued to curse him out after he won. And here's the problem, and I have to be very careful on how I word this now. Um, he went off, cursed him out, and then said some very vulgar, vulgar slurs afterwards that, uh, Daniel Cormier, the, uh. Announcer pulled the mic from him right then and there. Smart. I will not say what word it is. You can go look it up and figure it out yourself. But funny enough, in the uh, post-fight interview, when they get to him again, he says it again on him. <laughs>
0: oh my
1: God. He didn't learn. All right, two more fights. The heavyweight division uh, co-main: Ty Tuivasa versus Alexander Volkov. This this one hurt. Um, Ty has a long way to go. Ty, unfortunately. He, he needs more training. He needs more discipline. And what I mean by discipline, I don't mean like him like outside of the ring. I mean inside of the ring. Unfortunately, Alexander Volkov showed up with an impeccable striking. He used his range. He used everything that Ty doesn't fully know how to use yet. He was using a leg kick to try to chop down Alexander, which makes sense because he's super tall. Um, but unfortunately, couldn't get in into well and got blasted up pretty good. Yeah. He did get taken down, he did get submitted. He got submitted by something known as an Ezekiel choke, which one he, Alexander Volkov is one of three people that have ever done that choke in the UFC. It's not a rare, it's a very rare choke that doesn't happen often, so getting that done is pretty impressive. He did not get though a 50k bonus for that and I don't understand why, but at the same time it was really kind of a one-sided fight. I feel bad. I need Ty to go back to the drawing board. Continue training. He's not done. I think he needs to fight down even more. Maybe number 15, number 14. Fight Dilema again. Throw a giant knee at him like Derek Lewis did. Because he's currently on the same trajectory as how Derek Lewis was. He won his big fight. Got all the way up there. Lost two. And now he's currently where Derek Lewis just was when he just got his sweet-ass knockout. So hopefully... I can do the same.
0: Yeah, this fight was severely one-sided. It was. Alexander uh, Volkov had 107 total strikes to to Ty's 30.
1: Yep, it was not pretty. Not pretty at all. So, I told AJ I was going to sit and go off on this one, and I am. This is the, I'm talking about the main event, Israel Adesanya versus Sean Strickland. And I actually had to go back and review what I said last week to make sure If I was right, wrong, do I need to apologize? And I kind (laughs) of need to apologize because I guessed the wrong thing. I said, is he in knockout by round two? That did not happen. Um, I I said Sean may have a chance in hell, but it turns out he brought hell to the UFC. Sean Strickland won via unanimous decision 49 to 46. What that means is every round is scored out of 10 points. So if you were to win all five rounds, you would win 50. You would get 50. He got a 49, meaning that he won four of the five rounds decisively. I was shocked when he won, not in the sense of like, oh, my God, he's doing it. I was more shocked in an Izzy. What the fuck happened to you? Izzy got exposed. And I know not many people are going to understand or believe it, but he did. Izzy got beat up by a counter puncher that he's a counter striker that got countered by a counter striker with discipline. Sean Strickland knew exactly what his game plan was keep the pressure on, put Izzy on the back foot, and anytime he throws, he throws back. The thing with Strickland, too, if you watch the entire fight, through every or any punch kick that went towards him, he blocked, he checked the kicks. He was unstoppable. Just a note, when it comes to strikes, he uh, outstruck Izzy from 137 strikes to 94. Uh, Overall, a big-ass percentile difference. Uh, 53% of those strikes landed, whereas only 35 landed for Izzy. Every leg kick was checked. Every punch was either slipped, blocked, whatever. And in the first round, Sean threw a hell of a right cross and dropped the champion for the first time in his career. The first recorded knockdown for Israel Adesanya and then got beat up the rest of the round and then I think was too timid to continue. He he could not ever make forward pressure. He never led with an offense. He was waiting for Strickland to throw something and if he did, Strickland was ready to continue it. He was countered by somebody that just was ready to beat him. Izzy, uh, after that fight, uh, after the fight, left the ring, went and had his manager do the post-fight interview, which is not normal, and we really haven't heard much from him yet. I got to say this, I am, in, and this is nothing against Izzy, but I am so glad that this happened because it now shakes up the middleweight division again. Unfortunately, Dana White wants to do an immediate rematch. I do not think that is the best idea. I think you should have Sean Strickland versus Driscus Duplice. Have them two fight. Have Izzy fight whoever wins against Polo Costa and Kamzat Chemaev. And then they will fight the champion after that, whoever it is. But give Strickland the chance to defend his belt against somebody else. To have that ultimate... Like, to have him prove that he is the middleweight champion. And not... I will not say that Strickland is just the rank five seed that he was. No, if you're in the UFC, you're in the top five, you're one of the baddest motherfuckers that there are. So God bless you to Sean Strickland. He won over the Australian people. He won over everyone's hearts slowly during the fight. I am incredibly happy for him and hope to see more from him as as his career goes on.
0: I've never seen Izzy like this. No. Like he he was on his back foot the whole fight. He was.
1: And normally he is plays like that, too.
0: But it's it was a different type. It, was. it wasn't like he was, he was sitting scared. waiting. He was sitting like, I can't get a foot. He couldn't get a read. Yeah.
1: He couldn't because, just using Whitaker as an example, the way Whitaker fought, Izzy knew how to counter him in certain points. Because Strickland literally shut down every available weapon in Izzy's kit, he didn't know what to do. Izzy doesn't have ground game, though. Izzy doesn't do takedowns. Izzy doesn't have uh, clinch work. He's a kickboxer through and through. And he got beat up by a guy that throws a one, a two, a left, uh, like, teep kick at best, if not a body kick. He overall got dismantled. And the thing is, now that people know that, they will take advantage
0: of it. Yep. I mean, when you're you're top five, this is going to happen. Yeah. Excuse me. And I'm all good Yeah it was But uh, I heard the news You told me that and you were like Izzy lost I was like You're, You lied you to me No <clears throat> I
1: wish I put money on Tricklin'. I, I didn't do it Because I,
0: I was like Ah eh, it's not a safe bet yeah, No But no. that
1: is one, the I second, was so confident yeah, Izzy
0: wasn't going to have this That's afternoon.
1: the second biggest upset In UFC history I think the first one's the Julia Pena fight the one, Really? Yeah um, With the largest odds upset
0: Yeah plus 440 like,
1: Yeah Yeah Julia Pena was plus 650 Really? Yeah, you took a bet, didn't you?
0: Uh, You did. You did. Did I? Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was, um, Poirier. I thought it was
1: Poirier. No, 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 no. Your, Juliana Pena is the one that beat, um, what's the lady that just retired too? Um, really big, scary lady. Um, Amanda Nunes.
0: Oh, Because we were watching and we were like, oh my
1: God, history is happening.
0: And I'm sitting here like, I want money, bitches. Yep. (laughs) No. But um yeah, moving on from the UFC, yep. as crazy as that shit was, um was. we'll kinda go into a little bit of baseball before we get into the football world. Um and I, I I love this stat heavily because he he was touted as not really that big of a defensive player. Um, but you know, here we are where he is the only remaining qualified player in the national league to not have made an error you guess who it is?
1: Nick Castellanos.
0: You're goddamn right. It's Nicholas Castellanos. That man.
1: I totally guessed that and didn't look over when you were reading your notes.
0: You're a cheater. You showed me your notes. Uh, yeah, but I didn't <laughs> expect you to actually read my notes. <laughs>
1: I did read your notes.
0: But yeah, he's the only player in the NL that hasn't made an error. Yeah. The only player. That's absurd. It is. We're at the end of the season. This like this is it. That's but great. I think we have um I think we have about eighteen games left in the season, in the series, okay. season. Okay. So like, that's that's a lot of games where this man has just been on par, and he came in the Philly yeah. as a hitter, not like known as like not that great of a like defensive mind. So that 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 stat blew my mind. But um, on another mind blowing stat, this isn't the only time he's done it, but this is like the most recent where. The game's been on the line, and he steps up. Bryce Harper <clears throat> is him in every sense. This man is just one of the most clutch hitters I've ever seen in the sport of, of baseball. Yeah. Um, he actually, like, yesterday when, on the first... Uh, the doubleheader. Yeah, on the doubleheader, the first game, they were down um, They were down two runs. Bryce Harper, bottom of the ninth, has to hit a home run to tie it. He does. He does, on yeah. On the very first pitch. Yeah. Um, a while ago before that, too, with the Angels, it was bottom of the eighth. They were uh, down one run, two men on base. He hits a home run, gets up 9-8. Um, They're looking good. And then the Giants, bottom of the ninth again, down two runs, man on man on base, hits a home run, ties up the game, bottom of the ninth. Can you tell me why all of the three of those games have been said? What makes it uh, – what, what, what brings them together? For the wild card? No. They Phillies lost all three of those games. <laughs> <laughs> they I was lost. gonna say
1: <laughs> I know the Braves when they lost because I was watching it.
0: The bullpen literally gives it up the next inning uh, on every single game.
1: What a shame! Imagine
0: having one of the most clutch hitters in baseball and immediately throwing it away the next inning. Oh my god! I thought that was such a funny st- like thing. It is that. Thank God I'm on Philly Twitter because I honestly would have probably just repressed that. And not even want to like <laughs> bring that up But mm-hmm. I saw that And I was like that's ridiculous Like, <laughs> But moving on from that They're actually playing right now against the Braves Yeah and um, it's nothing nothing I just checked Yeah nothing nothing Trey Turner and Kyle Schwarber have been absolutely on fire They actually
1: Kyle Schwarber
0: um, now
1: they, has A batting same. average of .200 It may have changed
0: by the last yesterday oh, It was point was two zero one the first game Oh okay .201 how yeah. about that But uh, So, Schwarber and Trey Turner since August 1st have led the league in home runs, which is crazy to me. But Kyle Schwarber, he doesn't care. He's your stereotypical, like, big boy. He's hitting a home run or he's striking out. And actually, I kind of want to look this up while I'm rambling. I want to see our walk leaders because there was was this – where is it? He was also known to – it's literally a home run. Um. Uh, Strikeout or walk? For some reason, they're not giving me walks. I'll look this up later because I'm pretty sure he's actually in the top six. Um, but I, but they're they're on they're on fire. Trey Turner ever since yep. the ovation um, has been popping. Yeah, off. he's ready. Um, that, that that's that's the thing with uh you know just actual players is you, when a team shows you um you know when not a team when a, no, horse, I know what you mean. a fan base shows that they're behind you and they want you to succeed and shows you that like you know you've you've been kicking butt and practice and stuff like that and now I'll just transfer it you can fucking do anything dude it's crazy um, but moving on to uh to football actually it- Week one passed, and honestly, it was a very low-scoring week one, but a lot of yeah. fun games.
1: a lot of crazy games.
0: Unfortunately, a lot of injuries, too, so I'll kind of speed run those. Yeah. Um, this is especially for a lot of fantasy implications. Um, Deontay Johnson um, expected to be sidelined for a few weeks due to ha- a hamstring injury. Um, Deontay Johnson's had a tumultuous career. He's he's touted as one of the best wide receivers, and even I think he is. But for some reason, he just, the, the past few years, he just – he got a lot of the targets, but like, it's, Kenny Pickett just wasn't really throwing well to him. Um, this game, he was looking to do pretty well, but then obviously gets a hamstring injury. So hopefully when he comes back, he can get back on that elite status by receiver. Um, Aaron Jones uh, on Green Bay is also um, uncertain. Well, he's uncertain with a hamstring injury. They're monitoring it. Um, they haven't ruled him out, but they also haven't ruled him in either. Um, Austin Eckler, um, during the game... If you're watching a little bit, uh, you kind of saw that he kind of was running a little bit weird towards the third quarter, Mm -hmm. hobbing a little bit, and actually I think pretty much came out towards the end. Um, He's actually dealing with an ankle injury, and he's also uncertain. Um, All these have implications to the waiver wire, so please stick around to the end for that. Uh, Jacoby Myers, who had a monster uh, week last week, Uh, he actually had two touchdowns um, with his new team. He is in concussion uh, protocol, um, so looking to monitor that. With Al Hart, he got smacked coming across the center of the field. With Al Hart, he got hit. Ow. I highly doubt he plays this week. Yeah. Um, but worth monitoring. And then the, the, the two brutal injuries that, that hit the league and everyone became extremely sad because you don't want yeah. people to, to go out, of this, like especially week one. Um, J.K. Dobbins is out with an Achilles tear, Oof. and that's that's one of the bigger ones, too, because he's been injured, like, every single year, but he's, like, he's just had, he has one of those elite, like, skill sets where, like, if he he's stayed so healthy, yeah. he would be the top, he would be top five running back yeah. consistently, but he just, his body is just keeps, keeps letting body him down, can't handle the and it's looking like this will be his last year with Probably. the Ravens. Um, we'll see if any other team gives him a chance, but... I mean, with with every single year you've been in the league, with in, it's serious injuries, too, like ACLs, um, Achilles, like all that kind of stuff. So that's, that sucks to see. But I, I hope he gets another chance, and I hope his body doesn't let him down. But we'll see about that. Yeah. And the big one that actually happened yesterday on oh Monday. Oh, my God. Within four plays, and I was sitting next to a Jets fan while this happened, and he, I, I, oh, I, am I so saw this man's live livelihood just crumble. This man was so excited. And immediately hated life right afterwards. The amount
1: of – you saw
0: the seven stages of grief. It was immediately.
1: Minus the acceptance. That's still not there.
0: Well, we accepted it. But Aaron Rodgers is out for the season as well with an Achilles tear. Yep. Um, Like within – I think he only had three passing plays. Three passing plays. And it was four plays in total. Um, there was actually there's a lot of controversy because MetLife is very well known to have turf and yep. a very shitty turf field, and constantly players are like, we don't want to play on turf fields, like because yeah. you don't really get a lot of <clears throat> leeway with it. Um, it's just a lot of stuff. Darius Slay actually came out and said that it sucks for him, like especially being a new team, New Jersey, and he was like, it's well known that um, you know MetLife needs to get a grass field, so it's just a shame because like. The Jets were like the team to watch. Yeah, and you know what? Zach Wilson's him. He did it. He well, I mean, well, he climbed, did he it. he was there. He was there. He threw to him, but he, he threw. Zach Wilson's him. I'm gonna keep saying this for the whole season. We'll see if I'm right. I'm probably I probably mean, won't be, but you know what? I believe in the in, Jets should uh, also thank their kicker, in, uh, the milf love, <laughs> milf lover uh, right. Zach Wilson. Um, but a, a cool story, not a cool story, but a funny story in my opinion that came out. Um, there was a bar in Wisconsin. Um, did you hear about this? No. There was a bar in Wisconsin that it, they were airing the, the Jets versus the Bills. And if the Jets won, free drinks for everybody. Oh, shit. So after the fourth play, when Aaron Rodgers got hit, like where he, yeah. he popped his Achilles, what do you think everyone started to do? Left. No. Drink more? They started to rack up tabs. Oh, and they were drinking and drinking and drinking, having a great time, and then that slow, subtleization that, like, or realization that uh, Josh Allen is throwing this game away. So wait, they needed to win to get free drinks. The or Jets, lose? the Jets, uh, needed to lose. Oh, to get free drinks. That sucks. And the Jets pulled it out at the last second, meaning that all of those people that ta- had the, to that pay bar it. was sweating. There there was there's there I have, I will see if I can find it on Twitter again. The but, cheese curd. But there was uh, it showed you like people like originally yeah. like all happy and stuff, and then it goes live, and people are just like just hand walk. over mouth and everything like that. But, hey, that bar made a lot of money. Good they for did. That. Good for
1: them. Great business tactic.
0: Um, and another thing that I learned, there are two things that I learned from that game. One, Reese Hall, man. Yes. That man is elite. Yes, he is. Absurdly elite. And Garrett Wilson's a fucking cheat code.
1: Yes, he is. He ran through everyone to that last, uh, what's it called, for the return. No,
0: not, uh, was not, that wasn't him. Was that Gibson? Garrett Wilson was the man who literally Ow. backhanded a ball oh, away yeah, from yeah, the defender yeah, yeah. and then snagged it.
1: You're right, you're right. A
0: literal cheat. I've never seen a, a worse ball thrown turn into a touchdown like that. Most of the time you moss it, not literally grab it back in from a person's face. But, man, he's, he's going to be elite. If, if, if he was with Aaron Rodgers this year, he was going to break a lot of records. Well, he is not now. But he has not. him, But Zach Wilson. The whole reason they were even in that position is because Josh Allen just was terrible. Yeah, three Josh, interceptions, right? He had, yeah, he had three interceptions and a fumble. He had right. four to- turnovers in general. And when it comes to fantasy, Josh Allen sucks. Josh Allen's fa- failed to reach 10.5 fantasy points from a purely passing perspective. I know. Hold on. <laughs> just three times since last season. Great. Can you tell me who those three opponents were? The Eagles. No. Damn it. Cincinnati. No. Damn it. One the Jets. Guess. Yes, the Jets. All three times. <laughs> was it really? All three times. That man just, when he plays the Jets, he just falls apart. That's like Boston Scott against the Giants. Yeah, exactly. Boston Scott's a giant killer, but, uh, you know, Josh Allen hates Jets. Yeah. Um, He's also 0-5 in overtime. Jesus. This man was, is I still think, is touted as an elite like quarterback, but, he, like, yeah, he's, but
1: he can't keep playing
0: at the Jets. He's—I think what he's doing now is he's—he is relying heavily on his skill set, and he's a gunslinger, so he's going to let it rip. Yeah. But I think what he's doing is he's letting it rip too frivolously, to the point where like you need to really like reel it back sometimes. It's cool, like you know, let it loose every now and again, see if you can get that play. But it's like Carson Wentz did this, and but his his body couldn't handle it. True. Josh Allen's body is fully handling it, but it's still the same exact thought process. So it's we'll see if we can clean those things up, but he recently he's been he's been turnover prone and that's not yeah, good. It ain't good. Um on other end though, um, I, I thought this was really cool. So Jordan Addison, he's a rookie for the Vikings. Yeah. He was uh, the fast, fastest Viking this week, and he reached 19.33 uh, miles per hour. Holy shit, that's too keep, fast. Keep in mind, when Brees Hall made that huge run, that 80 yard run, he reached uh, 20.05. Oh my miles God. Per hour. So he was almost just as fast, and he's also averaging 2.9 yards of separation per route. That's more than Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, Calvin Ridley, and A.J. Brown. Those are elite wide receivers, and this is a rookie doing that. That's cool. that's impressive, yeah. It's absolutely like crazy. So, and especially he'll be learning from Justin Jefferson, who is who is arguably the best wide receiver in the league right now, and he's on a pass pass happy offense. Like that kid's gonna break some records, and I'm mm-hmm. excited to see what he does. Um, here's actually a little conspiracy theory for you, Bill. What's that? So you know how San Francisco came in just absolutely demolished the Steelers. Yes. Thirty to seven, yeah. So there was a video. Obviously, people go through it back. That showed Kenny Pickett, when he got sacked, like a Tua slam. Like, slammed right into the ground, back of the head. So, people think that he was concussed for the majority of that game. And that's why, because, like, he looked off. Oh, yeah. He was, like, he wasn't, like, off-off, like, you know, Tua was falling down, like, the field. But he just making some really dumb decisions, like, just not looking like Kenny Pickett we saw, like, towards the end of last season. So that's a little controversy or a little speculation. The yeah.
1: NFL script is wild this year already.
0: Bruh, if there was a script, Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have popped his fucking Achilles. No, that was totally a part of the script. Then Zach Wilson would have popped off. That's a cooler script.
1: Nah. They want the slow burn for the Jets this year.
0: Yeah. I mean, once they, they, once they signed Dalvin Cook, I immediately had a bad feeling. But I didn't yeah. expect it to be Aaron Rodgers popping his fucking Achilles. Um. Another cool stat that I found. And this will lead right into our, our birds of uh birds of old. Since twenty twenty one, the QBs with the highest win percentage are. I have the top three. <laughs> Can you guess who they are?
1: Jalen Hurts.
0: That's one of them. Cool. Lamar Jackson. Nope. Damn it. I'll give you two more guesses. Do, 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 do. No, I'm not saying that name. Do, 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 do. Um, Tua. Nope. Damn it. You got one more guess. Try to get two out of three. Allen. Yeah, at Josh Allen. I'll take Allen. two out of three. So it's number one is Mahomes. Yep. Oh, yeah. At, yeah easy. 74.3% win rate. He's His record is 26 and 9. Number two is Hertz, right behind him, at 74.2% uh, win rate. Holy shit. Uh, he's 23 and 8. And then Josh Allen is third. Uh, with uh, seventy point six percent win rate, twenty four and ten. There you go. So even though Josh Allen's been doing some dumb shit, he's been you know he's yeah. he's still at the top. But going right into our Eagles because you know Hurts is the second winningest QB since twenty twenty one. We did win. That, just want to rub that into a lot of fucking people's faces that I know listen to this podcast. So. Yep. uh Losers. Um yeah. But so we have um, Reed Blankenship and Kenny uh, Gamewell. They were do not participate in, in it, it's. They say do not participate in practice, but there's no practice today. Especially in a short week, it's more just yeah. like they have to document uh, okay. who would have practiced and who wouldn't have. Um, but Kenny Gainwell and Blankenship are do not. They did not participate with ribs. So apparently, sure. Reed Blankenship's looking fine to to make Thursday's game. But Gainwell, Gainwell, they're they're considering. Okay. So without with to keep that in mind, we go into waiver wires too. Well, since Scott may come in then even more maybe. Yeah. Um, Bradbury, he's, he's in concussion protocol, so he's definitely not making he's it. He's out, yeah. Um, so, look for Josh Jobe to, the, the other cornerback, the rookie one that we have, to make a he's, – he's go, that's going to be exciting if he, yeah. does, if he does stuff for us. I'm excited to see that. And then uh, Fletcher Cox, he's a limited participant with ribs, but he's, okay. looking, he's looking pretty He'll good He'll be fine. Okay. So yeah, like I said, Josh Jobe is someone that is I'm going to be watching because mm-hmm. he'll, he'll pretty much be taking Bradbury's place. Okay, um, so I'm excited to see that. But Bill, what'd you think of uh, what'd you think of the past game?
1: Um, my heart, it was it was on the edge of it the entire time from beginning to end. Yep, the g- team looked great in the beginning. They looked like you know the Philadelphia Eagles from last year. Interceptions. Um, Great running, great passing, not really, but more great running from Kenneth uh, Gainwell, and then something happened. I don't know what.
0: So I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum where they were up 16-0, but I immediately noticed the offense was weird. Yeah. Immediately. And it persisted throughout the game, and it was just something that just didn't look right. And as I was kind of sitting there watching a little bit, I was like, we're not taking deep shots down the field. Mm -mm. We're doing short, run, uh, short yardage runs, yep. so it's not like a lot of the, the zone runs that used yeah. to be or, like, eye formation type stuff. Um, and, honestly, Canaan Gimel, you know he, did he did relatively okay. decent, three point three point nine yards per carry. You always like – 54 in total off 14 attempts, though. It's not a lot. It's, it's not, but, I mean, for kind of being the bell cow, because he was, he was on the field for, I think it was 64% of the snap. Yeah. So he was the guy to go to. It Wasn't DeAndre Swift, Swift with? Uh, he only had one
1: run attempt, one attempt at three yards rushing wise, though.
0: Yeah, but at three point nine yards per carry, you always want to be a little like a little bit above four. Mm-hmm. Um, even like the run game just looked weird, um, and I, I kind of blame that on the fact that like a lot of the starters didn't play together in preseason. Yeah, they didn't and get the
1: rush shaking off.
0: I think that that showed itself on every single team we won yeah. because it's like yeah, you got to get the rust off like. Unless you're like Aaron Rodgers, yeah, Tom Brady when he was playing, like those types of caliber players, you need to play and knock Russ off. You're you're not you're not allowed yeah. to just even Patrick Mahomes played in preseason mm-hmm. and he he looked fine. It was the rest of the team that looked like shit for for them. Yeah, 30-day. no, I agree. Um, but I didn't. The offense like on his uninspired. Yep. Uh, Dallas Goddard only got targeted once.
1: I noticed. Yeah, Dallas did not get shit. Yeah, and whatsoever.
0: Then, which the so at, after the game, uh, Sirianni was like, "Goddard and Swift need to get more targets." The fact that Goddard only had one target and the whole game is wrong, and the fact that DeAndre Swift only had three like opportunities all game is wrong. Yeah, he's the guy we traded for, and a lot of people thought we're going to be like was going to be the guy if yeah. he stay healthy. Um, but and it, it led itself to this 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 fun fact because. Eagles, I believe, were top five in uh, in this category. Eagles had uh, 62% of the drives end yeah. in three and outs. That's I was gonna atrocious. Say,
1: they're only 4-13 on third down conversions, and they only tried once for fourth down and didn't get it. That's atrocious. It's that. also, here's the wild thing, too. Total offensive yards, we had 251. Our uh, one opponent so far had 382. Um, we averaged... 60, uh, we averaged only 4.1 yards off the 61 plays that we did. And while our rushing was better, we had 97 over to 76 yards of the, uh, Patriots. Mm-hmm. We only had 170 passing yards compared to the 306. So our passing was abysmal.
0: Our pa- our O line was was letting up a lot of pressures. Lane Johnson, who yeah, was, that was bad. He he let up, I think, was nine pressures. Yeah, it was bad. To, to to put this into perspective, the New York Giants who got smacked, they did four to zero. Had a better they they only uh fifty eight percent of their drives ended in three out, in outs. Ours was sixty two. That's not good. If like. And uh, AJ Brown actually said this after the game too. He was like, if "We face like the Pages are a good team. Yeah. If we face any other uh, like better team that, you know, getting get, smacked, we lose. Yeah. 100%. And that can't happen, especially in this league who you're expected to be the one to be." I agree. I mean, I think that I think they do right that ship um you I, know, Thursday because yeah. it's 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 eerily similar to uh like last year's week 1. Last year's week 1, it was the defense that was letting us down. Yeah. But the offense was on fire. Now, this year, the defense was on fire. Yeah. Even at, towards the end, I was a little upset because they started ro- playing yeah. very passive. Yeah. It was, yeah, stuff. I hate when they, they go passive they, that you, way. But you know what? They, they locked it down towards and the end. And credit that matters.
1: Yeah. Credit to Reed Blankenship, who is now leading. I mean, it's only one game. But leading the defense right now with nine solo tackles.
0: Holy shit. Nine. Yeah, because the next one is N'Kobe Dean, who got injured, and he's, yep. he's at four. Him,
1: Nicody Dean, Justin Evans, and Avante Maddox all have four solo
0: tackles. Reed, he's, he's so fun.
1: Reed is going to be our greatest defensive person he right a, now. He was an undrafted free agent. I know. It's nuts. That's crazy to me. Diamond in the rough. But. We have to talk about the true MVP that kept us alive. Oh, 100%. He was during, actually
0: he, Sirianni brought him up at the uh the better after like the little Yeah, the better got to get goddamn game Go ball. Go ahead, this is your boy. This
1: is my boy. He is number 4. He had two 50 to 59 yard field goals and one 40 to 49 yard field goal with one of those field goals being a doink off the pole into the uh in between the goal posts. Yep. My man, Jake Elliott. He
0: was a- Gave
1: us nine points that kept us at least up by eight or at least by five at one point to force it to happen.
0: It was eight at one point. He is automatic when it's anything above 50 yards, it's automatic. Easy money.
1: 40 to 49, okay. We may have a little struggle here or there. But, you know, when it's anything shorter than that, like a fucking extra point. He misses. He misses because he missed an extra point.
0: Scared. Like whenever we like actually got like into like the thirty yard line where it's like you know forty five yards. Oh, he did make like a. Th- that, th- oh, he made four he field made goals. He made that, but he missed an extra point.
1: Yep, I didn't miss. the didn't make one between thirty and thirty nine, but uh, that don't count. So four field goals.
0: He's 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 gonna be one of our one of our better uh you know all around kicker from yeah. like, you know in history. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, but. I – so, I, I expect the game bin to be a lot different. I expect them to actually take shots down the field. Yeah, um, I want them more. If Gainwell is, is, uh, is healthy, comes back from the ribs, and they're like, he's good. Um, I actually think they kind of lean on him a little bit more. Start getting him more on, like, the outside runs and, and stuff like that. Definitely going to get um, Swift involved. Um, but if not, I expect a heavy – like, if he's if he's out, he can't play. I expect Penning to be active, yep. and I expect them to – him and Swift are going to be a, a scary fucking duo, and that that kind of leads into uh, the TD props I have, Russ. So so there you go. Real quick, though, for um for Thursday, it's the Eagles versus the Vikings. Eagles are home.
1: And we will be there live. We will. And we're so. not going to record live, but we're yeah. going to be there live in action to watch the game. We physically
0: can't record that live. That's legal. Is it? It is. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Um but oh, yeah yeah yeah. But the line is uh, Philly -7 over/under is 49. Um,
1: I'd say take the over. I'd actually probably say take the under. Mm. I have but, a feeling this is going to be a fucking bananas game.
0: Yeah, I think the Vikings definitely don't get shit on like last year. Yeah, um, they're just they Kirk Cousins did have an iffy uh, week last week, but their offense is already a little bit better. Um, Until Darius Slay comes in and gets another interception on him. That that's oh, dude, that'll be so. That amazing. was so amazing last so, year. So I was very curious about um, getting the Eagles' defensive um, like score. Yeah, but I, I decided against that, but I have some TD props for you. Um, I put these all in a parlay, but I have their individual amounts uh, too. Good. So For Rashad Penny to score a touchdown anytime, he's plus three forty. Not bad. Not bad, especially if Game Mall's out. Yeah. Um if he if he's like a, inactive it's it's just a void thing. You get your money back, so it I mean, you know what, screw it, might as well. Yeah. Uh Jordan Addison, he's plus two ten. It's a good one. Yes, yeah, not bad. Um and then T J Hawkinson, uh plus two fifty five, so it's looking pretty good there. And then uh, if you put them all in the same game parlay, they're plus two thousand. That's a good money right there. So I think that's a pretty good parlay. I got I got uh five bucks on that. Um, but this is my this is the one that I'm actually really 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 excited for. So I genuinely believe this that if if Gamel's out, they lead heavy on Rashad Penny. Yep. And Rashad Penny to get two touchdowns. Can you tell me what his odds are? Don't look. I oh, swear to I, God, if you
1: look. I didn't look. Plus five
0: thousand. Plus ten thousand. Oh really? Wait, who is this? Rashad Penny. Okay. If he gets if he scores two touchdowns, he's plus ten thousand on a ten dollar bet. Can you tell me how much that is, Bill? Well, let me use your it. math, use your big brain of yours. Ten dollars for plus five thousand, plus ten thousand. Ten thousand. Isn't
1: that five grand, or is it fifty grand?
0: Where or is, is the there 500? a five
1: in that? I don't know. Ten
0: thousand dollars. That would be on a hundred dollar bet. Oh, thought, so ten 000. ten ten dollars So it's one thousand. Yes. One thousand. Okay. Get your stop getting stop thinking of five thousand. No, but I yeah I have ten bucks on that. Okay. So I'm I well I'm really excited for that. I. I don't want Gamewell to be hurt, but I mean like 10 bucks for, you know, mm-hmm. trying to get him two two touchdowns. I mean the
1: Eagles defense if you get two if you get two pick sixes, it's plus six plus 6,000. If they
0: get two pick sixes? Yeah. They're more they have more of a score. chance to score two touchdowns than Rashad Penny? Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. I guess so, but I don't I don't, I don't like
1: nah, that. Rashad turned down the plus uh 3500.
0: Oh, really? I got it. Let's go. I got, got it at ten thousand. There you go. See, people are starting to think. I wonder if there was news about Gimo then. Probably. Um, but regardless, so you guys waited all this time for some Weaver ads, and you know what? I'm going to reward you. Uh, Puka uh, Nakua, he's a wide receiver for the Rams. He's a rookie. Um, he popped off this week. Um, and a lot of people are going to be trying. He's going to be one of the higher waiver ads. Um, I would highly recommend trying to get him. He's only rostered in eleven percent of leagues um, based off the sleepers, so I highly recommend getting him. Um, if Gamewell is not injured, he's only rostered in thirty six percent of leagues, Really? which I think is very low. Um, but yeah, a lot of people thought Swift or, or Penny would be the guy, so highly recommend trying to get Kenny Gamewell. Um, another one I would recommend Joshua Kelly. Okay. Uh, Austin Eckler's hurt. And even when he wasn't hurt, they were splitting carries, and they were both popping off. So I think that's a really good add. He's only rostered in 7% of uh, leagues based off of sleeper. Zach Moss is another running back that you should look into too. Um, he's only rostered in 13% of leagues, and he's coming off of uh, injury. Uh, the Colts, I <laughs> I I was I feel bad a little bit because I was roasting this guy consistently uh, throughout, like, uh, all Sunday's bout because he had, like, 18 rush attempts and, like, eight uh, eight or nine, um, you know, passes, and he only a- a- amassed, like, 34 yards, which, mm. is, which is abysmal. Um, so he's definitely on a short leash. And with Zach Moss, who was originally planned to be the guy, um, if Jonathan Taylor didn't, you know, come back, which he hasn't. So I think that's a, a high, um, you know, priority for running back. Uh, for QB-wise, I was surprised to see this. Jordan Love is only rostered in 39% of leagues. So, if he's in your league, I would highly recommend it. He popped off his first week. He looks really good. So, that Green Bay team is going to be fun to watch. And then here's a fun one. A fun little one that uh, I noticed. So, Greg Dulich, he's the uh, he's a Denver tight end. He's, he's hurt. Okay. The backup, who did pretty well, um, Adam Troutman, he is rostered in 0% of leagues. Really? 0% of leagues. And I saw that, and I thought that was fucking nuts. That is nuts. I... Thankfully, don't need a tight end, but for people, like, I don't know if you need one, Bill, or, you know. who might, honestly. On, 0% of leagues. So, I highly recommend taking a look at him. Um, I'm, we're, Bill and I, oh, wait. We had a bet. I owe you money, don't I? 20 bucks. You owe me 20 bucks. Because I beat your ass this week. Yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> So, Bill and I faced each other this week. Uh, well, I'll let you know the exact score, which was uh, my team's name is Where's Your Hall Pass, because I had Brees Hall. Uh, we scored 106. Bill's Jake Elliott fan club, he scored 75. Literally, la- yeah, yes, last night was going to be the deciding factor was who did better, the Bills or the Jets? I had Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, the Jets defense. He had Josh Allen and Damien Harris. You can take a guess what happened there. Yeah. Um, so, pay up, bitch i that mayo. And then well, I actually have some really cool things that uh, I saw on Twitter as, as we were going through this. So, Lane Johnson, uh, the big boy he is. Who's, by the way, he has like a, an eight-pack, which is he crazy. He does. It's insane. He's built. He, he eats 5,000 to 6,000 calories a day, which is disgustingly a lot of food. It is a lot. Um, staying on the Eagles, too. So, there was the uh interior pass rush like the, the fastest um to to get off the interior d-line and like get to the person um eagles had the top uh, there was out of the top five they were the top three Jalen carter was number one fletcher cox was number two milton williams was number three which is fucking disgusting it is the d-line is exactly what we thought it would be so i'm excited to consistently see them go after some uh some uh, qbs um i'm mad at DraftKings. why
1: because i want to do a def- uh a uh special teams prop yeah where i take jake elliott on the over for all three things of uh, field goals made over one and a half kicking points over 7.5 and uh pat which i'm assuming is something else is over two and a half and they won't let me take it really nope because it's not a same game parlay
0: you hit so hit this. It and, doesn't come up. Though. It doesn't. Watch. Oh, that's stupid. So when you click same game parlay, see because they knew people would be coming up with stupid shit. <laughs> I, it is stupid shit, but I want to do like stupid. stupid shit that would hit. Yeah. Um, singing on the Eagles' though so, yeah. <laughs> There's for some reason this thing where Taylor Swift okay. and Travis Kelsey have been quietly hanging out. Oh no. Um, and there <laughs> there was this one person who was like. We all know she's playing the long con. She's pretty much gonna her and Travis are gonna really like start kicking it off. She's gonna sabotage the Chiefs, Eagles gonna win a Super Bowl. Not- but I thought what was even funnier was someone went he's handsome, unproblematic, ha- and has his own money and a stable job, so we know for a fact she is talking to him. Yeah. But uh that's a that's that's a, that's gonna be an interesting thing to to see if like that ever like comes up during fucking, you know. Some TV broadcasts because they'll definitely bring up stupid shit. Oh, they absolutely will. But to end on the fun one, for some reason on Reddit, or on Philly's Reddit, <laughs> there's a- Italians straight up asking if Citizens Bank Park would allow them to bring in some spaghetti in a bag. The exact statement is with the state of long lines and overpriced concessions, which is very true. Citizens Bank Park would allow me to bring in some spaghetti in a bag. I fucking love Philly, dude. <laughs> this is actually a genuine comment. And
1: then they said, opted in for some pasta salad. They updated. They said, opted in for some pasta salad. There was no, uh, some leftover in the fridge. And they left let me in, no questions. They, a 10 out of 10 would recommend. So I'm bringing in food from now on.
0: Oh, 100%. Also, we know we know the deal. You have to sacrifice a few beers. Oh, my God. Some that was well. amazing. We, we, won't, we won't speak names, but this, this man played 5e chess. And... Uh, you could've let it in. You could have got him in. They were like, hey, just make it so that we can't see it. And he's still through the mouth thinking it was 5D chess.
1: It, it literally I was like, wait a minute before we go in. And then we can, you know, set you up and you can waddle in with your three cans.
0: I told him I'll just chug it straight there, but he 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 committed to it. He did commit. But uh yeah, that's that's there was a lot that happened. Yeah. Um, and then Phillies, we're hoping that they can get to like, you know, 90 wins. But they're I think they're two and a half over the Cubs. And then, like, five and a half in general for a playoff spot, like for the wild card. So, um, looking for them to kind of stick strong, which is what they've been doing. But the Braves is going to be a tough test. Um, but please, please, please remember to reach out to us at our email, Media at gmail.com. And also reach out to us on our Twitter, at AB Sports Media. Once again, my name is AJ. And I'm Bill. And get the hell out of here. That was a lot. Bye.
1: a problem for you or for someone you know, please call 1-800-GAMBLER to seek free confidential 24-7 problem gambling assistance. You can also text SUPPORT to 53342 to get more information about problem gambling behavior.